smashed into the net by Kylian Mbappe. Depay! And he stretched it! Cornet finds Dembele. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. Neymar still! Oh my word, what a goal! Golovin! Lovely finish! Must be the opening goal. Benedetto! And Bagnon! Fantastic! Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta! Le Bourgeois is back. Hello and welcome to the official Liga Uber Eats podcast after a summer of incredible international drama that saw Neymar cry, Kasper Dolberg score goals, Kylian Mbappe miss goals and Marco Verratti get married. The French League is ready to swing back into action. Coming up in the pod, we will preview the big Trophée des Champions next Sunday's game between Lille and Paris Saint-Germain, the champions against the cup winners. And we will uh, discuss all the big moves, all the transfer dealings um, that have already happened and that may happen. There is uh, a lot to talk about. It is great to be back in uh, Le Bourgeois hot seat. And it is great to welcome uh, alongside me, Ian Holyman. Producer Ian, how are you? How's your summer been, Ian? Hi, Matt. It's, uh, it's been busy. It's been busy. I spent three weeks in St. Petersburg for the Euro, which uh, was uh, very nice indeed. I spent 10 days back in quarantine in France because uh, them's the rules and uh, raring to go. Good stuff, Ian. Yes, of course, we did have the Euros as well. And Marco Verratti won that as well as getting married. And uh, our other guest today, Robbie Thompson, um, how are you, Robbie? I understand you've been spending a bit of time down in uh, in Marco Verratti's hometown, Pescara. How are things? Absolutely, very good, Matt. And thank you for thank you for being everyone being back for the the new season of Le Bourgeois. Yeah, Pescara is a beautiful place of the world, a hidden treasure, and uh, can understand how 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 it reflects in Marco Verratti's character. They're they're nice, gentle, simple people, and I'm I was especially happy watching all the Euros for for Verratti because. You know what I think of him. I think he's the most talented midfielder in, in just about in Europe. And after what happened in Russia 2018 when they didn't qualify, it's, it's always a shame when a, a player of that much talent may go through and not achieve anything and miss out on playing in big major tournaments and everything. So I was, I was very, very happy for, for Marco uh, to, to get that win. And also happy, we'll talk about it a little bit later, for Angel Di Maria as well. Yeah, a busy summer. Um, a good one, all in all, for for Paris Saint Germain's superstars, Leandro Paredes and uh, and Angel Di Maria winning the Copa America with uh, Lionel Messi and uh, and Argentina, and two Parisians winning the Euros, albeit one of them um, wasn't a PSG player at the time, but Gigio Donnarumma, the uh, player of Euro 2020. What a tournament he had, and what a signing, uh, Donnarumma could be for Paris Saint-Germain. I, I want to start, guys, because, you know, we, we, we're we still thinking a little bit about the Euros and uh, and, and about the summer. Um, Ian, it was it was a great tournament. You were you you were out there from a league gun point of view. Mixed fortunes, really. I mean, obviously, we've, we've mentioned Marco Verratti, but his clubmate Kylian Mbappe um, suffered a, a disappointing tournament, in particular, the the end to it and Mbappe having that that penalty save saved. If we talk about Paris Saint Germain, Ian, um, what are you what are you what are you, what are you thinking? Looking forward 
to the season. They've brought in some big names, Gigio Donnarumma, Sergio Ramos, Ashraf Hakimi and Jeannie Wijnaldum. Tell us what, what, what your thoughts are, Ian, looking forward. I totally agree on Mbappe. I, I thought his perf- whole performance against Switzerland uh, was was underwhelming. Uh, he probably let down a bit by his teammates as everybody slackened off when they were 3-1 up. But um, PSG, wow. I mean, talk about making a statement. Uh, Donnarumma was, was, was fabulous. To get him on a free is a good bit of business, if you can call it business when you get somebody on a free. Uh, Hakimi saw a lot of him when he was on loan uh, from Real Madrid at Dortmund. He obviously did very well at Inter Milan as well. That boy has pace to burn. Um, his use of the ball, let's see how whether he's improved on that. He, that was something he needed to work on when he was at Dortmund. Um, but he, he should give Paris Saint-Germain a really, really good option. And as I said, a lot of pace down that right-hand side. I think Wijnaldum is, is a quality signing as well. Another free. And, uh, I mean... They've been looking for that sort of midfielder with uh, with that sort of quality again for a long time, and I think that we talked about Verratti's quality and uh, Robbie, who's who's president of his fa- of his unofficial fan club, and one um, Aldum is going to give Verratti the opportunity to really to to really push on. We saw Pochettino play him in that playmaker role last season. I'm not sure that he'll be doing that again too often. But he will certainly be given more license to 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 move forward. He'll have a bit more security, and uh, can really dictate things for for PSG next season. Yeah, I'm going to bring Robbie in, and uh, we are going to be talking about Marseille, who have been the biggest movers in the market. We're going to be talking about Nice, uh, Rennes. We're going to be talking about the champions, Lille. But I do feel we have to start with Paris Saint Germain because of the big names they've brought in. Because also, it's it's a massive season for them. Yes. They want to keep on pushing and, uh, and win that Champions League, but they've got a league title to win back as well. And uh, as ever, um, I'm going to be playing devil's advocate a little bit. Robbie Thompson, um, your thoughts on on, on Donna Rumor? I'll just be playing. Av- I'll just be playing advocate. <laughs> and Rob, <laughs> Rob, the, the the goalkeeping dynamic because I think Navas, Kaylor Navas, along with Mbappe, was PSG's best player last season. How's he feeling, and what what's the situation going to be this season? It'll be that's uh, one to keep an eye on for sure. It'll be very interesting. Um, I agree with you. I think Navas was one of Paris Saint Germain's best players last year. I think he's a an incredible goalkeeper. A lot of people saying after the tournament and what Donnarumma, what what he achieved at at the Euros. I mean, he he was incredible. He's Italy's youngest ever, well, the youngest ever goalkeeper to play for Italy. Second youngest, I think, in Serie A history. Uh, when he was just a couple of random trivia stats, when he was 10 years old, he was 1 metre 82 or 6 foot tall at 10 years old. He's a, a mountain of a man um, and, a, and obviously a fantastic goalkeeper with a wealth of experience. But, and this is with all due respect to the institution that is AC Milan and the fact that he's a European champion, he's never played a Champions League match or not for, you know, this is, it's a step up for him. AC Milan over the last decade has not been the AC Milan of even a decade before that, let alone going back to the the side that wrote their modern history in the late 80s and, and early 90s. So, look, they are a great institution, but they haven't been reaching and scaling the heights the last few years, and this is a step up for him. Let's not forget, like Hakimi, as, uh, as Ian pointed out, they're only 22 years of age. These are young kids. They still have a lot to 
a lot to prove, a lot to to progress, a lot to improve upon. And uh, and it's the same for for Donnarumma. He's going to have his former national team coach uh, Gianluca Spinello, who's still on in the PSG uh, goalkeeper ranks alongside uh, Jimenez. So there's there's that element as well. And I'm we saw how good Keylor Navas is last year on and off the pitch. And I think as there will there will have to be an understanding. But let's not just assume that Donnarumma is going to be battling for first place and that this is uh this is going to cause problems. Let's see let's give the club a chance to try and work it out. I suspect Kalor Navas will be first choice at, at at least for the start. Well, PSG are going to be strong in the reserve league, aren't they with Donnarumma in in goal. But Ian, it's interesting what 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 Robbie's saying. Kalor Navas has won the Champions League 3 times. Could you imagine a scenario where Donnarumma his first choice in Ligue 1, for example, and Keylor Navas' first choice in the Champions League. Well, that, that's been done before, hasn't it? Um, it's not the sort of thing that goalkeepers like, is it? They, they, they really like the confidence of being the number one and they want to play lots of games. I mean, if you think about the Champions League, yeah, it's every, what, two weeks? You're not getting into a really great rhythm. I mean, OK, Keylor Navas, 34, he's got the experience to be 35 in, in December. It's something that he can probably handle, but I, I mean, you're right. He was brilliant last season, and he he cannot be happy. He cannot be happy. There was an enig- rather enigmatic uh, Instagram post, I think it was, um, when there was all the talk about Donnarumma actually signing. He he can't be enjoying this. I mean, that that is competition. And yeah, uh, but a, a, <laughs> a football club is a is and has to look out for its the club's best interests as well. And let's not so, forget okay. that Kalor Navas has had a dislocated shoulder at the end of last season, didn't go to the Gold Cup with Costa Rica, and had a number of little injury injury things. He missed most of the final eight and played with a played with injury in the final eight the the year before as well. I'm not saying that he wasn't exceptional. We know he was, but you also have to think. The step down between Navas and Sergio Rico or an Alex Letelier or one of the kids they have, uh, 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 Martin Bulker or, or Garrison Innocent, that's, they need to have someone who can step in and maintain that level. And we always say you've got to have two players for every position. Why not goalkeeper as well? Although I do agree that Paris Saint-Germain have had some terrible experiences of trying to mix that goalkeeping position in the past. I think I think Sergio Rico is a very good number two goalkeeper. Um but what well, you've you've really got two two absolute number ones there. I I, I also agree yeah, with you true. though, Robbie, that they do have to look out for uh, the best interest of the club. And getting Donnarumma on a free is definitely in the best interest of Paris Saint Germain. But then didn't Navas sign a contract extension? Um why why get him to why get him to do that? You know, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, he I, signed on for an extra year. Yeah, he's he's got a contract till twenty twenty four, and he's going to be thirty five in December. I know it's not a huge. He doesn't make him ancient for a goalkeeper, but he's still not a young goalkeeper by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and he, there's not much resale value in, in in somebody like that, is there? So, guys, um, if we look at the four signings, um, Ashraf Hakimi, you know, I I, I think he's fantastic maybe ian you've you've watched a bit more of him than i have but i think that's really exciting he's an expensive recruit but right back has been a problem position for so long for he scored PSG. on debut they- yesterday matt i saw uh paris saint-germain played uh two days ago their their friendly match against uh, albeit a third division side orleans but uh he came on in the second half 
first nearly his first touch control and goal um so he's he's already yeah. looking the goods no, i mean he's he's looked class when i've seen him in the, in the champions league and like i'm i was saying i don't think psg have had a top class right back since the qataris took charge gregory van der veel serge aurier up there perhaps uh, among Christoph. the best but i think Christoph Jali. I think Hakimi takes them to another level. I think Wijnaldum is absolutely a player that they need in that midfield. Uh, so much strength, so much dynamism. And, you know, I, I think he's he's a fantastic signing. But again, devil's advocate. I talked about Donnarumma, Sergio Ramos, mm. arguably the best defender, best centre-back of the last decade in world football. No no questioning this guy's ability and, and his leadership. But as with the Navas situation in goal, if there's one position PSG were looking solid, it was a centre-back with Marquinhos and Kimpembe. And now we're throwing Sergio Ramos into the mix. Robbie, good signing? All right. Um, I'll keep playing advocate then, Matt. Sergio Ramos is a fantastic signing and a step up from the likes of Tilo Kera, Danilo Pereira, who often played out of position in that central defensive position, Abdou Diallo, who also helped out in the centre of defence. Um, if Paris decide to play with three at the back, or they have that option, it's uh, there's there's no no loss in quality there either. And look, you always have suspensions and injuries. I agree that you don't bring in the likes of Donnarumma and Sergio Ramos as squad players, but they 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 are quality players, and you will need them. And he's on a free. He's looking for a move. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. I I think it's a little bit too much devil's advocate to think that a thirty-five-year-old Sergio Ramos coming into a side um, is going to be a disruptive influence. Ian, do you agree with Rob? <laughs> well, that's. I think the key thing there is uh, the disruptive influence. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the same status at Paris Saint Germain as he did at Real Madrid. Um, even though he's going to be a huge figure in that PSG dressing room, and the fact that he's a Spanish speaker, which is pretty much the, the lingua franca of, of the PSG dressing room already and has been for, for many a season. But there 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 was a question at PSG, uh, sorry, at Real Madrid, I should say, that Ramos was becoming too powerful um, within the dressing room. Luis Enrique, could he have taken him to the Euro? Probably. I had a few, um, there, was, there was quite a lot of debate in the Spanish media about why Ramos was left out and, and one of the... Uh, the, the, the phrases used was disruptive influence. So let's see. I think it, it, it looks a good signing for a season. He's 35, 36 in March. It's it's not one for the future, is it? But they're hoping that he can drag them through uh, fighting tooth and nail through to the Champions League final and, and, and win it this time. But, I mean, Robbie, you know Preston Kimpembe better than, better than all of us. He does seem to be a pretty uh, strong personality himself, pretty pretty happy-go-lucky as well, it has to be said. But how's he going to take it if he's sitting on the bench from most of the big games and Sergio Ramos is, is playing alongside Marquinhos? Because that, to me, looks to be Pochettino's first-choice pairing. Yeah, I'd, I'm not sure. Presnel Kimpembe's first choice with France these days. I mean, I think... I think it's up to Sergio Ramos to not to to prove anything, but to earn his stripes in this dressing room and to show. Let's not forget that Presnell's left-footed on the left side of that that central defensive pairing, even though at the highest level it's 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 understandable. But don't don't sell Presnell short either. Um, he's a player who's grown enormously in maturity and stature, 
And uh, let's not forget that against Switzerland, he stepped up. And I admit, I was very nervous when when (laughs) Presnell stepped up for his penalty. And he took it beautifully. And I was, uh, that was almost my, that was the moment where I felt most engaged in the whole tournament, I think, was, was when Presnell was walking up for his penalty. And I was, <gasps> I had my heart in my mouth and I felt so happy when he, when he scored because it just epitomized how far he's come and what a player he is now, especially when you see what happened afterwards. He's a mature player and, and he won't cause problems, but he, he stands his ground as he does on the, on the pitch. And, um, Look, Sergio has to. Sergio's not just going to. They're not going to roll out the red carpet and say, "Here you go, you play all the big matches, and and I'm happy to sit on the bench." But it's a football club. These decisions are the coaches, not ours. And and he also knows the dynamic, and the players know who's training well and who's how everything's going on the pitch, and what what the thing is, what the feeling is within the squad. Let them work it out. It's not it. it signing Sergio Ramos on a free cannot be a bad thing. I don't think we should look for, for, the, for the negatives of it. And also, just on, on that very, very quickly, it is a huge signing in terms of the image for Paris Saint-Germain mm. again. And I know that's not the be-all and end-all and the business, and I'm not sure he will sell shirts like Mbappe and, and Neymar, but signing Sergio Ramos is a very big statement, again, from Paris Saint-Germain. I think, yeah, but are Paris, are Paris Saint-Germain trying to win the Champions League or are they trying to sell shirts, Robbie? They were, you know, when they bought Beckham, when they well, bought Buffon, they've made, they've to made be more two about Champions shirts. League semi-finals in a row, Matt, so they're not doing Rob, too badly, are they? N- n- no, but they haven't won the Champions League yet. But, Robbie, um, what I want to ask you, just a final football question about, about this before we move on to Marseille. Um, could you envisage Maurizio Pochettino switching to a three? Uh, playing playing Ramos, Marquinhos and, and Kimpembe. They certainly have the profile. We could see Marquinhos sort of stepping up into midfield um, from time to time or, or would that just be counterproductive because you're, you're effectively taking away an attacking talent? Well, you have to see how it, how it best suits your team. I mean, Hakimi gives you another option in that wide right position. Uh, certainly with those three at the back, you have you have a defensive stability. You also have to work out if you play three at the back, uh, do you play with two holding midfielders as a four-man midfield? Who are those two? You have Wijnaldum probably. Who does that allow? I mean, it's not just a, a question of the three at the back or the four at the back. It's how the whole balance of the team. And we've seen Pochettino is a big fan of of basically 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 three, three that, that changes, but he has also played at three at the back. Look, again, it's up to the coach to decide. I think it's an option now that you have three quality uh, centre-backs or three centre-backs of this quality. And also with Juan Bernat coming back with Hakimi, uh, you have, and the additions in the in the middle of the park with Wijnaldum, you have options all over the park. Let's see who leaves as well. I th- okay, yeah, um, we haven't mentioned uh, Maurizio Pochettino signing uh, a new contract that is significant. He has extended his deal. We've got a lot of new faces in the dugouts uh, ar- around the country, and that's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, Jorge Sampaoli is starting his first full season as Marseille coach, and what a summer it has been in in Marseille. Uh, club president Pablo Longoria. We know that uh, he is uh, very talented when it comes to transfer dealings. He has been very, very. Busy. I will run you through the list of names um, before throwing to Ian Holyman to give us his analysis of Marseille's Mercato. Um, so far, eight eight names, eight players 
have come in, although that could be 10 by the time this podcast is out because Daniel Vass and Paul Lirola are reportedly close to signing. But they have captured Leonardo Balerdi on a permanent deal. They have signed Gerson from Flamengo, Matteo Genduzzi from Arsenal, Conrad De La Fuente from Barcelona, Sengiz Unda from uh, Leicester. He was on loan at Roma last season. William Saliba from Arsenal, Luan Perez from Santos, and Paul Lopez, the goalkeeper from Roma. Ian, what do you make of all that? The the, uh, the kit man's going to be busy, isn't he? Making all those new <laughs> shirts, that's for sure. Um, some interesting signings. Um, William Saliba, you'll be you'll be delighted, Matt, that you can no longer need to go to Nice. Now you can just nip down to Marseille for following him. Um, but it was kind of to be expected, wasn't it? Um, Marseille really, they needed to move out a bit of the dead wood, although I'm not trying to suggest that Florian Torvan was was dead wood, and I think that is a huge loss um, from, from Marseille. Um, Benedetto, let's, let's, we'll skip him, but he needs to be moved on as well. Um, they, they look to be more solid, or they look like they're going to be more solid. Genduzi should provide plenty of energy in in midfield. He's got a, a bit of catching up to do as as well. Following a rather disappointing time at Arsenal, he wasn't great at Hertha Berlin either last season uh, and got injured then late on. Um, but Baledi, I thought, had a pretty good season last season. I think him alongside Saliba, who looked pretty tidy for Nice last season as well, is is a real is a real bonus for them. They've got Alvaro Gonzalez still. So I think they'll be a, a far more solid side uh, than they were last season. Even though San Paoli really does like to play some some pretty exciting football, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Sengazunda see what see what he can do in, in Liga. Conrad De La Fuente from Barcelona. Well, every time you mention a player coming from Barcelona, everybody gets excited. Let's see, let's see if we if if the hype is or if there is any hype uh, for him and it, and it, and whether it's justified or not. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think Matteo Ganduzzi is a really good signing. Um, France under twenty one captain and a player who did really really well for the first at least for the first season at, at Arsenal. He played a lot of football. He, he impressed a lot of people, and it didn't go well for him with Mikel Arteta. He, he effectively fell out with Arteta, and you're right, he didn't do great at, at Hertha Berlin. But you know, he's a guy who now needs to, to knuckle down. Um, and settle at a club and you know Marseille Marseille will offer him that possibility a lot of excitement about Gerson a signing that that could be as expensive as as 20 million euros so it's it's a new look midfield I think what's exciting yeah is, is the brand of football that San Paoli is is going to bring you, you mentioned Florian Tova who has gone they've got some other big big uh, big salaries off off the wage bill Kevin Strutman uh, Hiroki Sakai who has been a really good servant for Marseille, um, he's gone as has Valajamin. Um, Robbie, what 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 do you think? Marseille, I mean, Marseille are going to be targeting a top three finish, aren't they? Do, do you think it's it's good business or a bit scattergun? This this sort of uh, uh, you know mass um, you know mass uh, incomings. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very dangerous. I think you've you've had uh, six months. Under a new coach, or well, less in the end of four, four, four and a half months under Sam Pauli, who had the opportunity to put a few things in place before the start of the new season, and and to and then you go and change half the squad. 
So you have to, you know, you have a lot of players here who will have to learn the Sam Pauli method, which isn't the same as just a standard coach. I mean, this is a, a, a coach with a lot of character, a coach with, with a, a lot of history and a, a certain particularity, a way of coaching and a, and a certain personality as well, which takes getting used to. And um, I think it's dangerous to change so many, so many players. I think Saliba is obviously a good signing for them at the back, an important one they needed a little bit more alongside Chaleta Tsar, for example, who's who's still there. I saw them play yesterday. I watched their game against Benfica. I thought Jason was good in the middle of the park. Like you, Matt, I like Genduzzi, um, I particularly with France under 21. But you mentioned it. He has personality problems, uh, character issues, clashes with coaches. It's a repetitive thing. It's happened in the France setups as well. It's a... He's getting a bit of a bad reputation. Um, and again, Sam Pauli, it's either going to click or not. A word on yesterday's game, 1-1 with Benfica. Um, Unda played the second half. Senjiz Unda. Senjiz, we have to work on his pronunciation as well. Um, I, I, I looked at the Turks during the Euro. They were disappointing, but I thought he looked one of their more positive players when 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 the games he played in. Um yeah, Balerdi good. Look, it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, let's see how it all. Let's see how it all. But they settles. needed. They needed this overhaul, though, Robbie. Best I mean, player this squad... yesterday was Dimitri Payet. By the way, scored a fantastic goal. Looked confident, and he is blooming under Sam Pauli. So look that that he is enjoying life, and he is going to be the undisputed leader now that Tovan has gone as well. I think. Uh, could be a positive thing. But yeah, they yes, they needed a new injection, Matt. I agree with that. But you have to do it cleverly. And Longoria, I know we 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 know he's a a modern moving forward president with and capable of of picking the eyes out of other squads and finding and unearthing uh new talent and doing good business deals. But he's only young as well and experience is something that that will he will grow with as well and Honestly, changing half your squad, and it's not just changing half your squad. You're you're bringing in a lot of players for important positions as well. It could take some time to gel. Yeah, it could. It could. I'm quite excited though. Um, I think you know. I think we'll see some very very exciting football this season at Marseille. I think it will be a bumpy ride, but at the same time, I don't see these signings as massive gambles either. You've got somebody like Luan Perez, who San Paoli knows really well mm-hmm. um, from uh, from coaching him at, at Santos. Paul Lopez is a talented goalkeeper who's had ups and downs as well, but is going to put pressure on Steve Mondonda, something that Mondonda hasn't had um, at Marseille really ever since he joined them. Um, yeah, uh, Under, Genduzi, Saliba, these are young guys who need to, who need to show, who need to start um, establishing themselves in in their careers and and their athletic players and yeah no I I, I you know I'm quite excited about Marseille um, but we will wait and see we'll wait and see the season is is kicking off in, in less than two weeks so um, it is going to be um, the money time if you like very very soon Ian I'm going to bring you in on Nice now mm. Nice I, I think would be the next. Uh, club in terms of exciting signings. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know just quickly who I have on my list. Justin Cliver has uh, come in on loan from Roma. Um, Calvin Stengs, uh, a Dutch 
winger from AZ Alkmaar. Mario Lemina, the midfielder, has come in from Southampton. Jean-Claire Todibo has made his deal from Barcelona permanent. And Melvin Barr, the uh, Lyon left-back. I know uh, a lot of people at, at Lyon are not too pleased about the fact that the young left-back was allowed to leave. They they look like very good signings. Um, we know that Nice have also signed the uh, championship winning manager, Christophe Galtier. Um, the project uh, under, under, under Ratcliffe looks to be moving forward. It does. And I think you mentioned the, the most important signing last, Galtier. I mean, we know what a job he did at Saint-Étienne. We know, obviously, what a job he did, did at Lille. I think Nice have, have got the right man in charge now. And um, you're right. I, I, th- I think Todibo, we didn't see too much of him when he was at Toulouse. I haven't seen a lot of him at Barcelona either because he didn't play too much. But I thought he did well last season. Um, Lamina is, is the really interesting one for me. He looked really good when he came through as a, as a kid at uh, at Lorient. He's he's had a spell in in Italy with Juve in, in England as well. Now I think he's a big he's a big signing for them. And uh, as Lequipe, the the Sports Daily here in France pointed out, they've now moved into new territory, signing a player at uh, at thirty million euros in Lamina. But um, we mentioned him right at the start. Well, we didn't mention Dante, who is coming back, of course, and he'll be he'll be a major influence, but. Casper Dolberg, I thought that he had a a brilliant Euro. We we saw him do some great stuff at Nice um, in the last couple of seasons. I think he he took a real step up at the Euro. They might they might struggle to keep keep hold of him. Um, I for one can't understand why a team like Lyon doesn't come in and try and nab him. But or Marseille for that matter. But Nice they've got themselves a, a real goal scorer and um, he scored some. He's capable of scoring. Lots of different kinds of goals as well, Dolberg. He can lead the line as well. Um, people go on about his body language, and it's just absolute nonsense. Just leave the leave the boy alone. He's he's got a good a good record just because he doesn't smile all the time. I mean, did you see his celebration? I don't remember. I don't remember who he didn't who he scored against in the Euro. But it was a it was a beaut. Um, smashed it in, sort of right across the goalkeeper into the far corner from outside of the box, and he just stood there and raised his arms, sort of Eric Cantona style. I mean. It was a great, great celebration. He wasn't smiling, though. I mean, uh, who cares if he smiles or he doesn't smile? I mean, he's from Denmark. They're, they can be kind of understated at times. Um, but I, I think he's a quality player. And they're putting pieces in place very nicely, very, very nicely indeed. They've got a great goalkeeper who in, in Walter Benitez. Um, yeah, look, looking very good. I'm a little bit, little bit surprised by Melvin Bard. Um, as you said, Leon not happy to Leon fans not happy to to let him go. Not, not quite on this on the scale of Anthony Martial to Monaco a few years ago. But I mean, Hassan Kamara I thought was was brilliant for for Nice at left back last season. But um, I guess they're bringing Bard in with a with a view to uh, the future. He's still he's still very young. Kamara will still be first choice. But now they've got they've got two very good uh, left backs as well. Um, and just quickly, Lise Merlu, though, leaving to go to Norwich. I think he'll be a miss. I think he'll he'll be a miss. Mm, let's see. He was captain, captain yeah, last year, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. I think he'll be a miss both in the dressing room and on the pitch. I, I, I always thought he was a very underrated player, so I'm really pleased to, to that, that somebody in the Premier League, for example, has, has taken notice. And I think Norwich have got a real bargain, I think three and a half million or something. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That definitely, it's going to be interesting. Um, Les Mello, as I say, was captain, wasn't he? But after Dante got injured, so Dante is is, is going to be back. Rob, suggestions that Christophe Galtier wants more experience, and at the moment he's not he's not getting that. Do you think it's still a little bit, uh, you know, of a young Nice team? It is, but I think that's that they they accept responsibility for that. That's what they want. They 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 want to be a side that's not a a favourite for the championship. They want to be outsiders. They want to unearth talent. They have a and I, I don't bring it back to this every time, but they have a business plan, and and that is to to find good talent, um, and bring it through. I've seen a couple of their uh, warm up games. I saw them lose to Union Berlin uh, this weekend as well. Calvin Stengs looks very good. Um, Mario Lamina coming in for Pierre Lesmelou. I don't think you're losing out too much there, to be honest. I think Lesmelou, yes, he's a good player um, and he will enjoy his time in the Premier League, but he was starting to just drift to the outer anyway at the end of last season. I know they've changed coach, but um, Christophe Galtier is not happy, by all accounts, with, with, with how the squad is performing in these, these friendly matches. I mean, they were outplayed by Union Berlin, who are a good side. Um, but look, they've they've got good signings. I don't put too much pressure on them. Nice are not they they could be top five, but uh, they're not here to they're not here for to take everything all the way and be favourites for the for the title. Well, it'll be interesting to to watch Nice. Uh, there's been a lot of fascinating transfer activity. Ren have been quite busy. Um, they've signed Loic Badé for a fee that could rise to 20 million euros. Uh, Berger Mailing, the uh, Norwegian left back, has come in from Nîmes. Kamaldine Suleimana. Now, he is a very highly rated young midfielder, already an international with Ghana. He's been signed for 15 million euros as an initial fee from Nordsjaland. Um Ren were looking quite good under, under Bruno Genesio. They've so far kept Camavinga. We'll have to see what happens there. He's only got a year left on, on his contract. But, you know, again, Ian, another team that can have aspirations of, uh, of finishing top five, if not top three. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a top five contender, aren't they? Um, maybe not quite consistent, maybe not quite powerful enough to, to push into the top three. I think still, you know, you've got Monaco in there. Maybe maybe Marseille will will, will push in. Leon. Uh, we haven't even got to to Lille, the reigning champions yet, um, but you have Ren. They've, they've they've put together a really good side. I'd, I'd be slightly disappointed if Feitu Mawasa leaves. Um, talk about him heading to the Bundesliga uh, with uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, Kamavinga as well. It, I think that, I mean, he didn't have a great season last season, did he? And he's only got that year left on his contract. I think that. Ren, if he'd had a good season, then they could have cashed in. He's, but he's still super young, and and unsurprising that he's a little bit inconsistent. Be looking to him to have a have a great season. But if he does have a great season, then Ren are going to lose him for nothing at the end of the. No, campaign. that's the problem, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, w- it would have been easier for Ren if he'd had a blinding season, and they you know they'd probably be getting offers of fifty, sixty million. But like you say, disappointing season. The potential is there. You know, he he could be one of the world's best midfielders in in the next decade. I think, you know, I don't think that's an exaggeration. This guy played for France at 17 and just looked totally at home in in the France team. So it's a dilemma. I mean, Ren need to convince him to sign at least, you know, to at least add one more year onto his contract and and have a a better season. Um, 
I mean, that, that, that's going to be interesting. We, we do need to preview the big trophy de champion. So, um, I'm going to just run through very quickly. I think Monaco are fascinating, not because they've made lots of signings, but because they've kept everybody. Um, so Chuameni, Badia Shiel, uh, Diop, all these excellent young players for Fana. They're going to be a year older and they're going to be even better this season. They've made an interesting signing from Bayern Munich, Alexander Nubel, who is uh, the backup goalkeeper to Manuel Neuer, but really a highly rated goalkeeper. And I think he is going to pressure Benjamin Leconte for the, uh, for the number one jersey. Um, so Monaco, I think, you know, if, if I were to pick one team to compete with PSG, who I think will be the favourites, I would choose Monaco this season. Um, very quickly, Leon have, of course, a new manager, Peter Bus, the uh, Dutch coach formerly of Ajax, Dortmund and Leverkusen. He is coming in and uh, promising lots of exciting attacking football. So far, no massive signings. They've got Damien De Silva in on a free from Ren, the uh, the centre back, they've got Moussa Dembele back from his loan spell at Atletico Madrid. Jeff Ren Adelaide is uh, also returning to Lyon following his loan at, uh, at Nice. Um, it's going to be interesting. Andre Onana, the Ajax goalkeeper, being strongly uh, linked with with a move to Lyon. Lyon, who have of course lost Memphis Depay, and we're going to talk about Lille um, when we preview the Trophy de Champion in, in, in just a few moments. Some other transfers that have caught my eye. Strasbourg bringing back Kevin Gamero. I remember Kevin Gamero playing for Strasbourg. That was a long time ago. He's gone mm-hmm. on and had a big career, but it's going to be it's going to be great, I think, to see Kevin Gamero. He looks so happy to be back at the Stade de la Meno. And you've got Julian Stefan in in as coach. That's that's going to be interesting. Um, Robbie, uh, any thoughts <laughs> on that quick wrap that I just gave of of some of the other big moves? Um, I agree that I think Monaco are one of the big dangers. I think they're a, a, a side that, build, if they can build on what happened at the end of last season, they are they are one to look out for. Um, a dark horse, Leon. I I like what it has to gel, but I like the the I like the words and the feeling coming out of the Leon camp under their new coach Bosch, um, and the fact that he's apparently convinced Dembele to stay. Um, I really liked him as a player a couple of years ago. It didn't work out for him at Atletico. Um, and I think he, a new lease of life for him. Can he convince everyone to stay? Um, Usemawa, these guys, they've got good young players as well. If, the, if that can all come together, um, I, like the, I, I like the feeling that Leon could have. I like the, the, the way and Ian spoke about his, his coaching pedigree, but the, the fact that he could he could come through and play an aggressive, entertaining style of football with Lyon could be could be a good thing for, for French football as well. And I think what's interesting, something Peter Boss said in a, an interview with, with L'Equipe, talking about Memphis Depay and replacing Memphis, and he touched on the fact that Memphis, you know, he's a big personality. And I think he said he takes up a lot of room, you know, in the dressing room, but also on the football pitch. So if Peter Boss can convince the likes of Dembele and Usamawa that their future is, is at Lyon... You know there is talent there, yep. isn't there, Ian? To 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 talent that can express itself perhaps more now that uh, that Memphis Depay, great player though he is, is no longer there. Absolutely. Let's and let's not forget Jeffrey in Adelaide. I mean, he looked a very very good player. He's had a couple of serious knee injuries in the in the last 
in the last couple of seasons. So it'll be great to see him back on the pitch, even if if nothing else. But I think he's I think he's a real quality player. He's still in his early twenties. They've got, as you said, Awa, who we all love, who's a great player. Dembele, if he can if he can find the sort of form that we know that he's capable of, then uh, he'll get goals. They've they've got the ability to to replace Depay collectively as uh, the dog goes wild outside. I have to say though, when you lose you lose Memphis Depay and they bring in Damian De Silva on a free, um, I can't imagine Leon fans were overly <laughs> enthused. But De Silva, you know, a very 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 solid Ligue centre back. It'll be interesting to see what happens if Onana does come in. I've interviewed Peter Boss quite a few times when he was at Leverkusen. Great guy. Um, speaks German, French, and English, so it make, makes it makes it easy in the dressing room for him. Um, but he comes from that generation of of Dutch footballers of the nineteen eighties who we'll all remember: the Van Bastens, the Rijkaards, the the Hullets, um, the fabulous that fabulous Dutch team that won the Euro in eighty eight. All heavily influenced, of course, by by Rinus Michels and and Johan Cruyff. And it's very much attacking football that Peter Boss wants. He says that. He, one of his one of his things is that when fans go home, he wants them to still be talking about how great that game was and how entertaining it was. Um, so we can expect fireworks. But if Anana does come in, we can also expect fireworks because Lopez is is a pretty big figure in that dressing room as well. Um, we talked about Donnarumma and Navas. I'm not quite sure Anana and Lopez would get on that well either. Onana, Onana is, uh, let's not forget, currently suspended for doping. So he won't be available straight up. Yeah, he's either. available in November, I think. I think. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that the 4th of November, he would be available to play. That might take a little bit of time to get him, uh, well, you have to see. But certainly they'll need Anthony Lopez after the close of the Mercato. If I can just mention a dark horse, and Matt's already mentioned them, Strasbourg. I mean... Look, you've got to look at the the, the, the striking talent that they've they've got available. Camero, Diallo, um, Ludovic Ajok, who had a brilliant season last season. Majid Juarez is still there. Lebon Matiba. Um, they've got quality in midfield, uh, as we know. Um, they're not a dark horse for a top three finish, but um, I think they could push for potentially push for Europa League this season. You're listening to Ian Holyman and Ian's dog on Le Bourge, the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast. And I think, Ian, I think your dog was trying to give us a message. He was saying, come on, guys, you're well into this uh, podcast and you haven't talked about Le Dog. So we need to talk about Le Dog and we need to we need to preview the uh, the big game, the uh, season curtain raiser coming up on Sunday. It's taking place in Tel Aviv, Israel. The Trophée des Champions um, this year. Robbie uh, will be will be out there, keeping his eye on PSG's progress against the league champions Lille. Um, before I bring you in, Robbie, just to uh, let people know, Mike Menon has left. One of Lille's best players last season. The goalkeeper has joined AC Milan. Um, Bubakari Sumare has joined Leicester. They're the only big names uh, that have that have left Lille. Otherwise, Jose Font has uh, extended his deal. Um, no incomings, but but Robbie Leal have you know they've kept the core at least of their of their league title winning team. They've kept the core for the for the time being, Matt. Um, there is lots of talk that Burak 
could be on his way south, maybe uh, to relink up with Christophe Galtier. That's just talk and, and probably hot air for the moment. But let's not forget that Lille did everything to win the title and the club is not in the greatest shape financially. They do need to sell. Uh, Renato Sanchez could be another that's, that's on his way. I think there could be big offers for, for Sven Botman as well. Um, that Menon and Sumare have gone. Look, that's that's an, an obligation for them. I think almost now they need to get they need to move on. Their their most talented young players, their two ex PSG youth academy players, incidentally ahead of the the Trophée des Champions. Um, for Lille, yes. Look, the the squad that won the league and it was an incredible season is more or less still there for the moment. Jocelyn Gorvenek, there was huge uproar among the Lille fans. Uh, there were protests that that they didn't want him. That it was too big a step down from from Galtier to go with Gorvenek, who's who's failed really to to overly impress at Gangon and and Rennes. So so look, it wasn't an easy transition for the for the new coach either. Um, but Lille will be there or thereabouts. Lille. Their success, their strength last season was not having star players apart from Burak, but it was the team. It was the 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 tight knit group, the unity. The I mean, a, a fantastic team performance that that won them the title. That should still exist. It should still be there for at least for the Trophée des Champions. Um, and then we've spoken about PSG. But look, I think it's going to be an interesting clash. I've seen PSG's warm up matches so far. They had they haven't played with a with anything remotely looking like a competitive side for a side uh, of Lille's stature. So look, PSG if they're playing all the kids plus a couple of experienced players, it 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 will be a an interesting interesting clash. But uh, PSG without will not be anything like full strength. And Lille, honestly, it's a little bit wait and see for me. I'm a big fan of Jocelyn Gorvenet. I I. I... I loved him when he was at Gangon, obviously, particularly in the first uh, spell when he, he he won the cup and he had a, he had a terrific a terrific team at Gangon. I think you look at his spell at Bordeaux, which is a bit underwhelming. But who has succeeded at Bordeaux uh, in recent years? Nobody. Um, so I can understand Lille fans feeling a bit underwhelmed by by that appointment. They're French champions, and they've gone and got an unemployed coach who hasn't had a club for quite some time. But I'm, I'm really interested to see how uh, how Gorvenet gets on. I, I don't know what you think, Ian. I mean, it is going to be a tough season for Lille when you think about just how unbelievably well they did last year. And they've also got the Champions League to uh, to negotiate. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing for them. I, I saw their, their Champions League um, campaign when they'd finished second the previous season under Galti, and they really struggled uh, to, to, to put everything together. Had a terrible group stage, um, pretty much like Ren did last season. Actually, I think Mignon is a is a huge loss, isn't he? I mean, Font signing a new contract. He's now about seven hundred and twenty three, um, but he's still he's still going to have that experience. They need to keep Botman. Um, I think if Sven Botman has um, a little bit about him, which I think he does, he'll probably stay for another season, um, play, get some experience in the Champions League, and then potentially move on. Um, Mignon is a huge loss. Uh, he he had a a really central role in 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 Lille's title win because he, yeah, they had a very good defence, but it, the the reason they conceded so few goals was was also largely down to Mignon. 
They've got Leo Jardim, not the not the former Monaco coach. He's still sunning himself in, in Monaco, but they've got Leo Jardim, a, a 26-year-old Brazilian goalkeeper. He's been at Lille since 2019. He's not played a single Liga game yet. He was on loan at Boa Vista last season in the, in the Portuguese league. Um, did did reasonably well there. Had a, at least a, a full season, but that is that's a pretty big but that's Ian, a gamble. They. They need to buy a goalkeeper. They're, they've been strongly linked with with Robin Olsen. Um, you know, with all due respect to Leo Jardim, perhaps he will prove uh, his his worth. But I think Lille are going to try to sign a goalkeeper. Well, they're trying um, to sign him, Rob- but are they going to are they going to be able to afford him? That's the, that's the talk that they can't afford Olsen's wages. Um, he's been yeah. in England. He's been in, in in Italy. We've talked about the the rather delicate financial situation that that Lille find themselves in. Um, they need to they need to come up really pull a, a, a goalkeeping rabbit out of a hat somewhere. Robbie, the big question. I've been I've been waiting for this one. Okay. <laughs> Kylian Mbappe. How how is Kylian Mbappe going to react to what is essentially the first setback of, of his career? You look at this guy, he's burst onto the scene at 16. He's won the league every single year. He's just got better and better, bigger and bigger. And then for the first time in his career, he doesn't win the league title. He gets under the skin of a few people, I would say, by making comments before the Euros about Olivier Giroud complaining and about um, Antoine Griezmann taking penalties. You know, he's, he's made comments that were basically putting himself into the limelight saying, listen, guys, I'm the main man. Be careful. And he didn't live up to that. Let's face it. He didn't live up to that at the Euros. He didn't play terribly. He played okay at times, but he didn't score a goal. He missed the penalty. And now the you know the spotlight is going to be on him, Robbie, isn't it? Absolutely, I think he likes it. I, th- I don't think that's a problem for Kylian Mbappe at all. I think yes, he didn't score. No, he wasn't. It wasn't the the greatest Kylian Mbappe, but I think he played just as well as he did overall in the World Cup three years earlier. Oh, he was come he, on. He was involved in in nearly every goal that France scored from open play. It was he was involved in the build-up and playing a, a key role in it. But yes, okay, he did, didn't score. He didn't score. Did you the... watch Rob? Did you watch Mbappe against Argentina <laughs> in 2018? He did more in that game than he did in the in the okay. four games he played okay. at the Euros. Very good. I hope you're not just saying that, Matt, because you saw him miss a penalty, uh, a decisive penalty against against Switzerland. Um, no, but what I would say. Catch... No, but listen, listen, Robbie. I'm a massive Kylian Mbappe fan. He's he's absolutely phenomenal, but part of his makeup is this kind of like crazy ambition or like wonderful ambition, if you like. I'm going to write football history. I'm going to win Ballon d'Ors. I'm go- you know maybe he doesn't say that outright, but that is clearly what he wants to do. So that's great when you can talk the talk, and he has walked the walk up until now. Yeah. But when you don't, but when you don't deliver, then you know you have to also. Put your hands up and say, I wasn't good enough in this tournament. Look, Killian will bounce back. Make no mistake. The big question is more more about about his future. But Killian on the football pitch for Paris Saint-Germain, don't worry, guys. Ian, um, reports in France over the summer have said that Kylian Mbappe um, will not extend his deal. Um, he's got one year left, which effectively means he would be able to leave for a free next summer, surely. That is something PSG cannot allow to happen. Well, they they literally cannot afford it, can they? They they can't afford to let an asset of, and that's what he is, more than a hundred million euros just walk out the door. They've they, they've somehow got to 
they've somehow got to get him to to sign a deal, or or they've got to get rid of him this this summer. And um, well, where does he go? What and what do PSG do if if Mbappe goes? I mean, we talked about statements, and the signing of Ramos is is a statement. Well, not being able to keep all the killing Mbappe, I I would say would be a much much bigger statement and a far more damaging uh, yeah. decision or or, or or scenario for, for PSG. I think it would be a, it would be a huge blow, an absolutely huge blow, not, and certainly not just in terms of. The financial, the financial loss, but on on the pitch, and as I said, in terms of the image, it does not give out the signals that we are one of the big European clubs. We can keep all the best players because Kylian Mbappe is one of the best players, and he could potentially just walk away. I quite enjoyed the uh, comment from Marseille legend Eric Dimeco, who works in the media uh, these days, and he said, "Listen, if if PSG want to show that they're a big club." And Mbappe doesn't doesn't extend and he stays. Well, then you put him on the bench all season and you let him uh, squirm on the subs bench. But that 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 would be that would be interesting. Robbie, well, what, what's your well, take? Well, I was just going to say, look look to history, and that exact example already exists with Adrian Rabiot. Adrian Rabiot was a player who was worth a lot of money. Is a fantastic player, uh, Juve in France nowadays, but uh, left on a free and spent a season on the bench not doing anything. Think who who has left Paris Saint Germain on a big money transfer just in the in the past? They're, all exactly. the players leave on freeze. They don't exactly. Get, so that's don't so Mbappe. That, so yeah, exactly. Mbappe's so, aware of that, isn't he? Exactly. So something will have to change. Something will have to be done done differently. But Zlatan, Cavani, Thiago Silva, uh, well, lesser extent, Tom Mernier. But uh, all these players, Blaise Matuidi, they left Rabiot. They left on 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 free transfers, uh, weren't transferred for money away from the club. Let's see uh, if they if they play it differently. But there's a major there's a major difference, isn't there? I mean, Zlatan, yeah, okay, he's had a good couple of years, but he's he's pushing forty now, and he was he was already pretty old when he left PSG. Cavani, likewise, Thiago Silva, likewise. Yeah, they're still doing well outside of PSG, but they're really uh, in the twilights of their careers. Kylian Mbappe is twenty three in December. This is massive. That's why I this said is, that Adrian Rabiot. But, but Rabiot, yeah, Rabiot. We, we, we can't put Rabiot in. Rabiot's not on the front of the FIFA, of, of the FIFA no, Rob, video no. game. Absolutely. We, we can't put Rabiot in the same, we can't put him in the same bracket. I, I, PSG have lost a lot of players. We have a lot of potential. We, you talked about Sumari, you talked about McMignon, Coman, Rabiot. But this guy is the guy. Along with Erlen Holland, we're going to see these two going head-to-head like Messi and Ronaldo over the next 10 years. PSG do not keep Kylian Mbappe. That speaks oh, that speaks so many volumes as to the image of, of PSG. They can do, they can sign more or less whoever they want, but unless they replace, for example, Mbappe with Holland, that would be a statement. But if they don't do that, um, Mbappe leaving... Mbappe leaving anyway, whether they get money for him or they they get absolutely nothing for him, is an absolutely massive, massive blow, and I think would would be a huge setback for PSG. Watch this space. I think only two people on earth would compare Kylian Mbappe's situation with Adrian Rabiot's <laughs> situation: Robbie Thompson and Veronique 
Rabio, but um, <laughs> it is it is definitely one of the storylines <laughs> that we're going to have to follow very closely in the coming weeks. And there are so many fascinating plot lines in in Liga Nubarit at the moment. So do make sure you keep uh, track of of all the latest uh, news by listening to Le Bourgeois, the official Liga Nubarit podcast. Thank you so much um, for tuning back in ahead of uh, ahead of the new season. If you do. Um, have just a couple of spare moments to go and rate us on the different podcast platforms. That would be hugely appreciated. Um, any comments, any questions for us? We still have our email address, league1podcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the Trophée de Champions next Sunday between PSG and Lille. We'll be back next week with a full preview of the new Ligue 1 Uber Eats season. Thank you so much from uh, Ian Holyman, Robbie Thompson and me, Matt Spiro. It's time to say au revoir et à bientôt. Ciao. Yeah. Ciao. Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta. Play it again. A goal back. Oh, Benyera. Beautifully done. Sensational.